Today's episode of Your Stories is brought to you by Field Notes. Field Notes brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrand.com or 400 North May in Chicago for more information. Thanks, Field Notes! Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, Comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your Stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story, and their story is your story, and then it's our story, and then it's a podcast, so it's everybody's story, and then you've shared it, and gosh, that's great, huh? And even if you don't think you're a nerd, you probably are. It's easily the most Midwestern thing I've ever been a part of. Hey everybody, I'm Eric Garneau, and this is a super cool episode of the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast, recorded last night at UCB Sunset, which is a pretty incredible comedy theater in Los Angeles, California, where I happen to be on vacation right now. Uh, sorry this episode's a day late. I actually had another one ready to go yesterday, but I couldn't manage to upload it, so I figured I'd put this episode out instead, because, you know, it just happened, and it's really cool, and I want to share it with people. Uh, this was so fun to record, and there are so many good people on it. Uh, this episode enjoys stories from Ben Dunn, Jesse Stegner, Maggie Clancy, and Kevin Walsh, who is a founding member of the Nerdalogs. That is very cool. Uh, plus music from, well, just me this time, but it's still uh, fun, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Um, before we get to the episode, I'd like to again thank our sponsors for the week, Field Notes. That sponsorship, of course, comes through the Chicago Podcast Co-op, a really great organization that supports shows just like ours. Uh, if you'd like to support shows like ours, head on over to patreon.com slash This is a sweet way to help the nerds continue making cool stuff and also get rewarded yourself. Uh, if you don't want to go to Patreon, you can also rate and review us on iTunes. That is very helpful, especially if you give us a good rating. We would really appreciate that. Um, but that is all I've got for now, everybody. So with no further ado, please enjoy the show. I know I am a member of the sketch comedy group called the Nerdalogs. We come from Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Hey, who's an expat of Chicago in the house? That is a lot of me. That's awesome. So, um, this is, uh, I'm on vacation this week, and I was like, man, you know, it'd be cool to, yeah, give it up for vacation. Who's on vacation? Well, not as many. That's okay. Um, I thought it'd be really cool to set up a show. This is a storytelling show that I host for the Nerdalogs. It's called Your Stories. Uh, and I'm really stoked to bring it to L.A. This is our second time doing it here. I'm very happy you all came out. Who's seen the show before? Yeah. 
right, so who's new to the show? That's fucking rad. Thank you guys so much. So um, we always play songs. Well, I say we. There's normally like a three to five piece band on the stage, but tonight it's just me. None of the guys wanted to buy a ticket and fly out for this, right? Boo, they all suck. But uh, I'm still here. I'm going to play some songs uh, that I did not write that fit the theme of the night. The theme tonight is long distance, which feels appropriately meta because this is a long distance show for me. So um, you guys are going to know this one. It's a pretty, pretty silly song. I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you If I get drunk, well, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you And if I have her, hey, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who's havering to you But I Yes, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's working hard for you. And when the money comes in for the work I do, I'll pass almost every penny on to you, almost. When I come home, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who comes back home to you. And if I grow old, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's growing old with you. I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who comes back home with you. I'm gonna be the man who's coming home with you.
So we're going to have, have eight wonderful storytellers who uh, are L.A. locals tonight, some of my very favorite people in this city, heck, in, in the country, maybe even in the world. I haven't been to a lot of countries, so I don't want to like oversell these guys, but I really like him. Coming up first to the stage is a gentleman I first met in, uh, in Milwaukee. He was uh, headlining, or he was the guest of honor at a thing called the Midwinter Gaming Convention, which I don't know if anyone would have heard of it because it attracts about 1,200 people in the dead of winter in Milwaukee who just want to like LARP and play games, but th- we did a podcast recording out there, and this dude headlined that show, and man, he's such a great guy. He hosts a show called uh, Saving Throw on Twitch, which teaches people how to play D&D. This is Ben Dunn! Yeah, I met him in Milwaukee doing a podcast about D&D. We were headlining it for some reason, and no one came to our panel. Um, Because he wanted to be there for LARPing. Anyway, so this is my story. Um, I moved to Los Angeles about 10 years ago, and I moved here knowing exactly one person. That's important because uh, he became one of my best friends, and um, when I first moved down here, I'm from Seattle, uh, my sister used it as a really good excuse to come down since L.A. is such an exotic place. We have beaches and a thing called the sun. Um, So she was here. uh, Every single time she was here, uh, my friend would show up. And uh, it took me a little bit, but I I realized eventually that they were into each other. Um, I realized that because he came to me uh, a few months after uh, they had met and asked if he could date her, uh, which I thought was funny um, (laughs) that he asked. But um, I said, sure, because obviously they liked each other. Um, In the back of my mind, I'm like, it can't last very long because I don't know of any long-distance relationships that could work. Um, But, you know, they they liked each other, so whatever. Um, About the same time, I was doing improv out here at another theater down the street. Um, (laughs) And I met a girl, and we hit it off. And we started dating. Um... Cut to a few months later, um, my sister and her now boyfriend have really made it work, which is surprising to me. Um, but they did it uh, because like, they would call each other every day, and they would Skype, and they, they would come, they'd figure out like one day a month that she would either come down here or he would go up to her while she was in college. And they were getting really close, and it was wonderful to see because I'd never seen my sister in a good relationship before. Um, and at the meantime, my relationship was going really well, too. In fact, uh, both of our roommates at the time decided that they needed to both move out, uh, which has left us in a weird spot. So we, uh, she had a really great idea of, instead of us both looking for new roommates and a new place to live, why don't we just move in together? Which uh, scared me a little, uh, because, frankly, I'd never lived with a girl in my life, uh, besides my sister and my mom. Um, but also, we had only been dating for six months, so it was a little, a little weird. But she also had the great idea of, let's get a two-bedroom place. That way, if we get on each other's nerves, we have our own separate spaces, which sounded brilliant to me. Um, so we did, and things were good. Um, cut to a few years later. My sister and her boyfriend have now been dating for about four years, and they are so in love. Um, it's inspiring to see how they could really just make this relationship where they only see each other really two, two times every six months just work. 
Um, and like just, I don't know. Um, I was really impressed by the whole thing. And uh, at the same time, my girlfriend and I, uh, it turned out that it wasn't just um, us sleeping together and then sometimes sleeping apart. Uh, she was a light sleeper and I snore. So we never slept together. We were always in a separate room. Um, but I justified it, you know, saying, like, she needs sleep. I get it. Um, I still love her. She loves me. Um, and we have a great relationship. We like watching the same shows. We like going to the same improv shows. We do stand-up together. It's wonderful. But you could definitely feel a schism happening. Um, about a year later, my sister uh, graduated with a PhD from her college. And she was finally going to move down here and live with her boyfriend. And they were so excited. Unfortunately, she was uh, given the opportunity to be an associate professor at UW, which is crazy because right out of school she was offered this job. So she had to take it. Um, her boyfriend was devastated because he didn't want to move to Seattle because um, he's an idiot. <laughs> uh, but they tried to make it work. But eventually... It ended. Um, me, we had moved to a new place, and I thought for sure we were going to be able to live in the same room. Um, but it didn't happen. She still wanted to be separate. And it was very obvious that we were roommates with some fringe benefits and not a couple. So that ended. Um, around the same time, my sister and her boyfriend, who loved each other, it ended as well. Um, and it wasn't until Eric gave me the long distance as a theme that I was able to put those two stories together. Because even though my sister and her boyfriend had thousands of miles between them, they still had a closer bond than my girlfriend and I, whose only distance was 10 feet and two closed doors. Thank you. Not everybody. Love you, Ben. Man, long distance relationships are tough. I tended towards those a lot when I was younger. Not. Not super great, not super great. Uh, coming up next to the stage, everybody, she is a newer addition to LA. I think she's coming up on her one-year anniversary. Uh, she uh, knew a bunch of the other people in the Nerdalogs. We actually didn't know each other super well, but they're like, man, she's super great. you got to get her on the show. So we did. This is Jesse Stegner. Thank you very much. Um, um, so uh, I, I never lived close to any, any relatives. Uh, my parents both grew up in suburbs of Chicago, uh, but when my parents met, they decided they were going to move to L.A. and get married and have kids out here. So uh, holidays were never like a big family event around a table. Um, we rarely came to visit aunts and uncles, uh, and I never really understood why they were so distant from me. Uh, and that was until I turned 11, uh, and my grandmother decided that she was going to come visit us for six months. 
So my nanny was going to live in our house for half of a year. And during those 182 days, <laughs> she drove me fucking nuts. <laughs> nanny would talk all the way through home improvement. <laughs> She constantly would tell me, I was in fifth grade, she would tell me that all the boys wanted was to sleep with me, which at that age, I only vaguely knew what that even meant. Uh, when I wore jeans, she'd scream at me saying that all I was doing was showing off how much I wanted to have sex. For real. And when she wasn't doing that, she was fighting with my mom about how to properly clean the stove, what it really means to be a true Catholic, and how our house was definitely haunted. <laughs> so it was hard because once we, we never really got the hang of one another before she left, and that was just sort of our relationship. Whenever we visited, we could never really connect in any way before one of us was leaving. Um, so fast forward to uh, I'm 15 and I've started high school. Um, and I should preface this by saying I wasn't athletic. I didn't eat well. I didn't do sports. And I didn't really understand people who did. Like I couldn't put a ball in a hoop. Who cares? <laughs> this girl can. I can pass it to her, right? There's not a shootout on college applications. Like, what does it matter? And I think, I think that that attitude would have been fine if I hadn't had the worst PE teacher that has ever existed on the planet. Um, she clearly would look down on us, the people that were just not, not athletically inclined. It was very obvious. And for our final exam, that we were going to have to run a mile in 10 minutes or less. Now, the thing that was so frustrating about it was that during, up until this point, we weren't running every class. It wasn't like she was training us to do this. We were playing shitty capture the flag and dodgeball. And all of a sudden, now I was supposed to run a mile in 10 minutes? That's like walking into your biology class and finding out the finals about the Civil War. Like, come on. So... I go, and I've, I mean, I, I don't run in class. I don't run outside of class unless it's to the waffle iron because dinner is ready. <laughs> so the day comes. It's horrible, right? It's fucking awful. It's the 20 worst minutes of my entire life. Yeah, 20 minutes. I was so far behind, I just started walking and crying. <laughs> It's okay. I turned out fine. <laughs> so I, I find out, so I don't pass, um, and I find out that my teacher is going to make me return during Christmas break to rerun it, which, again, I'm not going to get faster. I'm not just going to magically know how to do this better. So I'm, like, racking my brain, and I'm so upset because I don't want to do this, and it's already so humiliating. Like, being 15 is not easy. My chest was tender and wouldn't stop growing. I, I didn't know how to properly apply eyeliner. The Spice Girls were on the verge of breaking up. Like, I don't need this right now. So the day comes, and I'm dreading it, and I'm so upset. And the morning of this, of this run, uh, we get a call. 
and we find out that my nani, who had been in sick and been in a lot of pain, had passed away. And so everyone in the house is incredibly distraught. We're crying and we're hugging. And my mom, without saying a word, she picks up the phone and she calls my PE teacher and says, Jesse can't come today. Her grandmother has passed. And so quick work is made of talking about buying flights to Chicago. You know, what are the funeral arrangements going to be? So I go into the living room and I'm by myself and I think, way to go, Nani. I mean, she could have picked any time to go. And she picked the moment that would allow me to get out of doing this horrible thing with this woman who's the worst physical education teacher that's ever existed. And I really, I I know it sounds weird, but I really do feel like she crossed whatever distance there is between living and dead and chose that moment to do me a solid. (laughs) So I have forgiven her for talking through home improvement. (laughs) Thank you. had to run that mile? Have you ever since had to run a mile? Or just... I mean, since then, I've run miles. But not time. Like, you never had to do it. You never had to take that test. That's no, so rad. Uh, no. But I did run a 5K in, like, college. And each mile was under 10 minutes. And I, every time I was like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> you made up for it. You got her yeah, back. Hell yeah, Jesse Stegner, everybody. Coming up next... So in a, different, in a different phase of my professional career, I was a freelance writer, and I wrote on a really great website about cover songs called Cover Me uh, with this next young lady. And she also told me to make sure you all know she is a sea witch. This is very important. This is Maggie Clancy. Sea witch Maggie Clancy. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm going to cheat. Um, so I definitely had a story planned out about long distance, and then I made the mistake of watching Contagion on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen Contagion before. I saw it when it came out in theaters, um, and I saw it because it combines all my favorite fears, like super viruses and mega bacteria and pandemics. So yeah, it scared me shitless the first time I saw it. Um, and Saturday I had like a really emotionally exhausting day, and I had smoked entirely too much weed. So I was like, you know what? I think it's a really good idea to watch this movie that just has my greatest phobia in it. It's really just going to even my keel out today. Um, For those of you who haven't seen Contagion, um, I'll just give you a little brief synopsis. It's a Steven Soderbergh film from 2011. um, And it's about a pandemic that kills um, every one out of four people who contract it die of, like, violent coughing fits and seizures. Uh, yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> um, there's like other subplots too, like um, there's like individuals making deals with big pharma, and there's you know like the decline of social order that are scary. But like real talk, the scariest part is like the really sudden violent death. It's really fucking scary. Um, and I was watching with my boyfriend, and like I was like literally like koalaing him the entire time, <laughs> and somehow through my koala grip, he still managed to fall asleep during it. And so I was watching this really fucking scary movie by myself. And, you know, normal people would be like, you know what, I'm going to turn this off. I'm just going to stop watching this and go to bed. But, you know, I just felt like my body hadn't reached, like, capacity of anxiety that day. So I just kept going. (laughs) Um, And in my paranoid state, I remembered, like, oh, yeah, I I work at an elementary school. And if this was real life... I would be dead because literally once a week a kid sneezes directly in my face. (laughs) Like, I'm not even joking. It's very real. 
And then I realized, like, you know, I'm going, like, deeper down this, like, weed-induced rabbit hole, um, that I really do live in a real-life contagion um, because I live in a world where dum-dums think it's okay to not vaccinate their kids. <laughs> and even further, um, in the more direct way, because recently um, a few classes in the school I work in had a note sent home that said, um, just so you know, um, there is a child in your child's classroom with lice. Yeah. Yeah, super fun. So, like, all of a sudden, like, during this movie, I convinced myself, I'm like, oh, fuck, I have lice. Like, my head started itching, and, like, I was, like, just sweeping off my bed, like, convinced that there was, like, lice in my bed and shit. And then I had, like, my own, like, contagion, like, movie playing in my head because the week earlier, um, a girl was, like, moving to Dallas, and she was really sad. Like, I work with third graders. And she's like, I'm going to miss all my friends. And, like, I was hugging her, like, right here. I'm like, oh, it's okay, Shiloh. You know, you're going to have so much fun. I'm like petting her hair and like I'm just like imagining all these like little bugs like crawling up into my head and like laying eggs right up in here and then like other kids were crying because like I'm sad my friend's leaving I'm like oh it's okay so I'm just like hugging all of these kids like just like spreading all that shit everywhere um eventually I calmed myself down realized I don't have lice and that I was just very paranoid and stoned <laughs> which you know it happens and then, just like, uh, I can't ever say her name, Marianne Coltier's character, she plays a World Health Organization member in the movie, and she's trying to find out who Patient Zero is. So I was like, in my head, I'm like, how do you become, like, the Patient Zero of lice? <laughs> you know, like, because, like, I know you can get it from being in close contact with other people who have lice, but, like, how do you become that first kid, like, oh, Gus has lice? Like, how do you become Gus? <laughs> so I went down, like, a Google K-hole, <laughs> um, and I went on like Wikipedia, WebMD, and like all these mommy blogs, and they're just like, oh, you get lice from, you know, being in contact or close proximity with um, people who have lice. I'm like, yeah, I know that, but like, where do they come from? And like, they can't fly, they can't jump high like fleas, so they can't like jump from like one thing to another. They can just crawl really fast, which is somehow more terrifying than anything else. <laughs> you can just crawl really fucking fast. Um, and so, like, I was thinking about that, and, like, the fact that, like, lice cannot live um, 24 to 48 hours after being on a host. So, like, they can't just, like, live on the ground or, like, in your bed. They have to be on a host. So, if logic is serving me correctly, that means that lice have just kind of been around forever. They've just been, like, hopping from one host to another, and the lucky ones have, like, somehow missed the medicated shampoo and jumped onto a new host, just like their great-great-great-great-great-grandfather last has been doing since the dawn of fucking time. <laughs> so, like, they collectively, like, with their, like, tiny, they have six feet, and they're all clawed so they can grab onto your hair. They've been living for, like, thousands and thousands of years, which is fucking crazy to me. Um, it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies, but despite that, like, I kind of have to be impressed with the lice, because, like... I mean, they've been around forever. Like, they literally found nits. Nits, like, I never knew this, like, nitpicking. Nits are actually, like, the little eggs they lay at the base of your hair. Yeah, I know. That's really gross. Uh, nits are actually where they lay at the base of your hair. And they found those in, like, mummies from ancient Egypt. They found, like, little nits, like, in the mummies. So they've been around for fucking ever. And, like, they, they've always, like, no matter what we've used, like, tea tree or, like, pesticides, they've always found a way to evolve and change in order to adapt. Meanwhile, my body has not found a way to spray poison or put up a shield anytime a strange man yells, hey man, you're a perfect 10, I know. How many cell phones you have? 
<laughs> like somebody yelled at me the other day. <laughs> Meanwhile, lice are able to actually like submerge themselves for six hours. So if you're like washing your hair for six hours or swimming, they're still fine. They're still on your head. They figure that out. So the movie ended. I finished it. So congratulations to me. <laughs> um, I won't spoil it in case any of you haven't seen it. Like it takes some people some time to see things. They still haven't seen Lost, so I get it. Um, but I did, I did like another quick lice check, you know. And like my boyfriend was like this, so like I just like did like a quick like <laughs> monkey lice check on him. We're both clean. And then like the paranoia and the anxiety kind of subsided, and I realized, you know what? If these tiny little insects come on me, I'm not gonna be bugging. Yeah, because at least I'm not getting measles like the people, like those poor children whose parents decided to listen to Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Excellent, everybody. We all learned something very important today, which is that we all need to go home and wash our hair for seven hours. I guess that's the magic number. Sounds great, guys. Seven hours. Coming up next to the stage, this is very exciting. So I mentioned the Nerdlogs are a sketch comedy group. They have existed for just about seven years now. I was not there at the beginning. I got in about year two or three by doing this podcast as it happens. This next gentleman is a founding member of the group. He moved to L.A. a little bit ago, and he is here to share a story with us once again. Mr. Kevin Walsh. Hey, guys. Sidebar, my, um, my girlfriend was an extra in about three seconds in the background of a scene of Contagion. So if you guys ever want to link up and write fan fiction about Scientist 437, uh, I also had head lice in kindergarten, so if you want to write fan fiction about that, that uh, <laughs> uh, Hi guys, I'm Kevin, and I'm going to tell you a story about long-distance relationships the invention of Facebook, and my brief period as a stalker. <clears throat> and I'm not off book, I apologize. Our story begins in the fall of 2003, which, if you believe Aaron Sorkin, and I tend to, a young Mark Zuckerberg was <laughs> delivering an epic monologue, getting dumped, stumbling home, and inventing Facebook. <laughs> For comparison, in 2003, I was a high school senior trying to get my ska band off the ground. I think we know who came out better in that shake, so. Fast forward to the following fall. I'm a new freshman, finally away from home, uh, access to all the free alcohol I could ever want, and I'm hating every minute of it. You see, I didn't drink yet. And my girlfriend and I at the time, high school sweethearts and all, we decided to give the long distance thing the old college try. For anyone here in a long distance relationship or anyone on the podcast at home, I'm, my condolences, I'm sorry. Uh, my college experience had a rocky start. My, my freshman assigned roommate was the generic college cliche. He was so bland and so nerdy, and not like cool nerdy like all of us, like math and, <laughs> math and science nerdy. Uh, all of his t-shirts were from high school fun runs, if that helps. <laughs> so of course he made lifelong friends with everyone on the floor. They'd go eat meals together, they'd go to the quad together, they'd play poker together. He was awful, guys. <laughs> but meanwhile, I'm desperately trying to transfer out of the goddamn school and, and go somewhere closer to where my high school girlfriend goes to college. 
Uh, yeah, within a week, I was trying to leave, and I'm mad at my roommate. Um, you know, he was off doing the weekend party thing, and I'm driving 105 miles per hour on the interstate to try to squeeze every last minute of clingy boyfriend time with my girlfriend out. Hormones are a terrible thing. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't see how desperate I was at the time, but, you know, hindsight. Uh, the upswing of my miserable first quarter was I had access to my, you know, the college's LAN connection, a.k.a. the golden era of downloading porn on LimeWire. <laughs> you guys remember LimeWire? Kazaa, maybe? I'm dating myself. You know, when your favorite barely legal teens are now MILFs, you're getting older. <laughs> Anyway, here's where Zuckerberg's story and I intersect. You see, Facebook was just enabled at my college. See, back then, for the younger folks, Facebook was kind of invite-only to colleges, so it was kind of a big deal at the time. Now it's, of course, 100% chatbots and people casually outing themselves as racists. <laughs> uh, but my girlfriend and I, you know, would chat for hours every night. Again, guys, I'm sorry. I know how terrible that is now. And, uh, you know, but with Facebook, we could finally put... Faces with names. And on the other side of the coin, you could finally put faces with names. <laughs> Facebook started to fuel my already insecure feelings, that sort of self-doubt and trust issues that I couldn't get over. They amplified because of it. I became the PI trying to solve my own infidelity case. And friends, that does not end well. <laughs> I would comb through every post from everyone on her friends list, searching for answers I wasn't getting on the phone, trying to piece together context clues of her night from wall posts. I'd dive through albums and albums of photos, just trying to get a glimpse of her in the background of a photo. And it drove me crazy. Was that a red solo cup? What, what is she doing at a party? What's she, what's she wearing? She never, she never mentioned going out. Like, she doesn't drink. What's going on? Who's this guy? Is that that creep Tom she mentioned? What's she doing so close to him? They look pretty close. Then I'd go on Tom's page. I'd creep on him. I'm like, what does he have that I don't have? <laughs> Our phone calls would turn into sort of lines of questioning. You know, I'm trying to trip up her alibi. You know, I'd arrive early to her college hoping to catch something strange afoot. <laughs> Guys, I am not the hero of this story. <laughs> I'm not. It was icky, it was awful, and it did not make me feel good. Her cheating or not cheating, it didn't matter. Like, it's college. You're supposed to, like, enjoy yourself and uh, not hold on to an echo of a shell of a relationship. Um, you know, it had to end, and so it did. And that was tough, you know. I went through my depression phase. I went through my back knee phase. Just a phase. <laughs> Just a phase. Uh, but then a funny thing happened. That anxiety I had before, it just disappeared. I dropped a bunch of weight from the depression, which to this day is my favorite form of dieting. <laughs> I started meeting people, got into a pretty elite Halo 2 land group with my dorm friends. See, back then there was no Xbox Live, so you had to connect locally. Uh, I started to binge watch DS9 on Spike TV. You see, back then there was no Netflix, so you had to watch things on television. <laughs> Uh, and you know what? I had never been a Star Trek fan before that breakup, so in a way, I felt pretty woke, you know? <laughs> I made the effort to hang out with my roommate, even. And guys, he's still an asshole. He was awful. <laughs> you know, my nerdness blossomed. And before I knew it, I was into graphic novels and ripping entire seasons of Neck Gen to my laptop. And because people weren't glued to their iPhones yet, because the iPhone wasn't invented yet, 
you're able to actually meet other nerds to be nerdy with. And some of them I'm still nerdy with today. Uh, so for this night, just for fun, I decided to uh, log on to Facebook and try to Facebook stalk my ex one last time. <laughs> this proved tricky because she had a different last name, and uh, also we aren't friends on Facebook anymore, so I couldn't learn much. Which, by the way, thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. That's great. Total strangers should not be able to creep on your wall. Kudos. <laughs> so I went to LinkedIn. <laughs> I learned three things from stalking her uh, this week. One, I learned that she's married now, hence the new last name. Congratulations. I learned she's some sort of mid-level manager at a small community bank. Uh, and then, you know, a bunch of academic, not real jobs before that. Uh, <laughs> and lastly and most importantly, I learned that I don't care anymore. And I haven't cared for 12 years. So I don't know where Mark Zuckerberg is now, probably in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> but I feel like I'm a better person, finally. Thank you. Man, for real, I'm so happy Facebook didn't exist when I went in high school. I would have been way worse even than the dude in your story. Like, oh my god, it would have been disaster for me. Didn't hit till I was a junior in college, so at least I kind of toned that shit down a little bit. A little bit. I'm cool now, guys. I'm cool now. Your Stories is a proud part of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you enjoy your stories, you might also like Improvised Star Trek. Improvised Star Trek is an improvised parody of Star Trek featuring the adventures of the crew of the USS Sisyphus, a slightly less enterprising starship. For more information, visit theimprovisedstartrek.com. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.